I think I about eat 17,000 in a week. If I eat more, it's only a little bit more, but not a lot more. And he eats that in a day. Mm, yeah. What the fuck? Before, I mean, before we even go to the agenda, let's just say, like, welcome to the first episode, right, of this podcast that uh, has yet to be named, working title. This podcast? Yes, this podcast that you guys will all uh, love and enjoy if you're into health and fitness. Yeah, they'll get to meet really awesome guests like Warren Buffett and Tim Ferriss and uh, who else? I think we have LeBron coming on next week. Yeah. That'd be, uh, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> our topics for today, our agenda, what do we got? The first one is a question that you came up with that I really found interesting. It's what sport is the healthiest? Yes. And uh, it'd be cool to talk about, I'd like to talk about um, why they're the healthiest. Should you be doing that sport? And if you are doing that sport already, what is the likelihood of you making a career in that sport as a regular person to get there. Awesome. Okay. Let's do it then. So uh, where do you want to start? You want to go first or, or you, what do you think? Yeah. So, um, well, we, we're going to start with what sport is the healthiest and then we're going to talk a little bit about work-life balance and how it's going to relate to fitness or your health and then oh, we'll right. finish it up with a little bit of uh, quasi new news about two human beings that basically count for like four each so eddie hall versus thor yep we'll talk about their boxing match yes that's going to be very exciting all right so what sport is the healthiest i i know i know i came at it from a certain perspective um i'm interested to hear what perspective you came at it from so i, I wanted to start with classical traditional healthy in quotations right you go to the doctor and they say you need to exercise more. They always mean cardio, always. Yeah, 100%. So in that vein, I would say that you have a few options. You have like a marathon runner, you have crew, you have cyclist. Now, because I know way too many people who have knee injuries or all sorts of injuries from marathons, and I know way too many people who have gotten in bike accidents, I'm gonna say rowing and crew according to traditional medicine, is the healthiest sport. That's an interesting one. So that didn't even come up on my radar, but just a, like just listening to you say it and thinking about like what a typical crew athlete kind of looks like and is, I think you're, you're probably pretty right. I think that's a pretty good one. Um, for me, the way I came at it, the first, when you say health, now you're right, doctors usually mean like cardio, but when I hear health, the first thing that pops into my mind is like longevity. Yep. And so a lot of times when we think of physical specimens that we think are like these super healthy athletes, most of the sports that produce those physical specimens, those sports themselves don't tend to have a lot of longevity. Think of like basketball or football or something like that. Yeah, they can, some players can have long careers, but your body gets just destroyed doing those types of things. And a lot of them end up, you know, like with long-term issues from it. So 
when I hear that and I think longevity, I started going through some of those traditional sports and then I landed on swimming because I was like, okay, that's a really, obviously there's very little impact to the joints. I mean, sure, there's certain issues that people face, but low impact, you can do it if you're a teenager or if you're 80 years old. Um, and also at the highest levels, such as the Olympics, you have somebody like Michael Phelps, who, you know, when you look at somebody like that, you go, okay, he's, if I had to guess, he's probably really healthy just by looking at him. You don't oh, yeah. know, obviously, no. but yeah. So that's where my mind went was swimming. And so it's funny that we both chose a water sport though. Yeah. Low impact. Exactly. That's when I think of swimmers too, I like them because they're not super lean. You know, they're not like yeah. 6% body fat. They look like just regular people. They look like you and me. They look like regular fit people. Yeah. Right. Right. So they, I like swimming. I don't like that. There's basically no leg strength involved at all. So actually I'll pause you right there. So the notes that Hit I me. took, the, well, the notes that I took right here were what I said. So I think of longevity, but then I also think of just functionality Mm -hmm. And I don't think swimming necessarily gives you that functionality, uh, full body functionality anyways, like you're saying. Mm -hmm. And so actually what I wrote, I wrote maybe swimming from a longevity perspective, but functionality might have to come from complementary work. So I'm thinking like a swimming program with accessory land training. Uh, so I think that maybe your crew as just going with the pure sport view, crew is probably a better choice because it does give you that full body. So crew is non-functional, I would, I would say. Yes, but it gives you the full body piece though. <laughs> it does. But if you have skill, so cardiovascular output, I think is a skill as much as lifting weights. So strength is a skill as much as, you know, being comfortable around a certain stimulus. So you're skilled in rowing. But now I put you, how often are you running away from someone in a boat? Right. Yeah, yeah, none. How often are you? I mean, so when I think of traditional medicine, that's why I wanted to start there first, because I don't agree with all traditional medicine. Yeah. They also say yeah, yeah, the your pharma. BMI is the most important thing when you go to the doctor's office, which eh, doesn't really matter that much. Yeah. And the pharma industry is kind of crazy and corrupt, too. Just a little, just a little. <laughs> so there's a lot to argue against traditional medicine for. Yeah, so, so cardiovascular health, something like swimming, something like rowing, something low impact, even cycling, but I just think it's too dangerous because there are so many variables you can't control. Yeah. Both of those sports are also expensive. So if you're trying to live on the lowest budget, you can't like buy a boat or you can't get a pool membership. How do you work around that? So- then I wanted to look at like the top sports. So you have football, soccer, basketball, baseball. I'm even going to throw hockey and golf in there because I feel like those sports are pretty popular. I considered golf as well, but I shied away from it. So playing, purely playing those sports, I don't think are going to get you where you need to go. So, yeah, that's, that's funny. Like I said, I went with swimming and then I added the caveat of you need to do something else, like some sort of land training with it. But let's, like you're saying, look at purely the sport. I would say basketball. 
upper body, lower body, there's coordination. You have cardiovascular fitness because you're running up and down the court basically the whole time. They the don't really stop. It's crazy cardio. Yeah. Like you said, the coordination piece, that's a good one to point out. So you get that aspect of it. Um, but yeah, crazy cardio. And even though there's impact, it's not as dangerous as something like football. Um, although, you know, knees and ankles do take a beating. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I always forget how much cardio there is because when you watch a basketball game, every person is super big. So they take like five steps and they're at half court. <laughs> But the court's actually pretty, pretty large. Whatever you think they're doing for like normal folks like us, it's like twice as much. <laughs> At least. Yeah. I mean, they're like seven feet tall. Mm -hmm. It's pretty wild. Yeah. I mean, the contact thing is hard to quantify too, because you're going to get beat up. So football, really low lifespan for any athlete in that sport, period. And there are exceptions. Yeah. But I don't think that matters. I think you're going to get walloped. And then there's the whole like CTE and the whole concussion piece, which comes from football. Yeah. I think it's an excellent display of athleticism, but it's not good for you. Yeah. It's definitely not good for you. I will I say though, I've seen some of the most athletic moments in a football game ever. 100%. I think, I don't even, I don't know if it's the, I don't know if it's like, fundamental to athleticism or if it's just how we've been conditioned but for me it's football and basketball when you see those when you see some of those guys make some of the, the crazy highlight reel plays it kind of does embody like athleticism if you ask me but yeah, again yeah the highest out. yeah the highest skill display i put soccer close to that top list too but you're really limited you can't use your upper body at all yeah so you're kind of not that you use your lower body in basketball but any sport where you're walking around you have to use your lower body but i mean watching a guy dive basically like a two yards one hand catch and then pull it in and then keep running or like another human being is trying to actually kill them and they don't die <laughs> and they do that over and over and over again yeah Football. Yeah, I think if you're looking at just the sports, though, and we're looking at those traditional sports, I, I still like the water sports because I really do think if you have access to those things that it's like a great way to go. But if we're not talking water sports, then I'm going to have to say basketball and soccer. Yeah, I think those are both kind of similar. Yeah, baseball for me is low on the list. I played that sport for way too long, and it was so boring. You could actually be – obese and be a decent baseball player if you can throw and catch which yeah. is a shame i will say though like the sport is evolving just like all sports are you can't just be like a chunky pudgy guy who knows how to hit a baseball anymore it doesn't that's not how it works yeah yeah i mean yeah, like you said all sports are evolving but that's also a good point for football too obviously you can be obese and be a great football player depending on yeah. your positioning Position matters a lot too, but I don't, I don't know. I just can't get behind like factory farming large people to just be a wall. <laughs> it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty crazy. So, so I had the uh, medical definition, then I had the popular sports. So then I wanted to bring up combat sports. And then I wanted to talk about specifically weightlifting sports. Cause I feel like that's a different category too. So 
combat okay, sports, like you have another incredible display of athleticism. So you have boxing, and I'd say you have MMA, and then what other, like you have the Olympics, which is jujitsu, and they do karate. Yeah, you could go into all the different martial arts, but I mean, the biggest ones are going to be the top, those three you just mentioned, uh, boxing, MMA, and then purely jujitsu. Those are probably the most popular ones. Oh, wrestling, obviously. Oh, yeah, wrestling. Oh, my God, wrestling is a crazy sport. Yeah. That's an interesting, uh, the combat sports. I basically knocked all of those off my list because of the fact that you're obviously going to get injured. Yeah. Any of the grappling ones, especially jujitsu, I, I would be interested to see. I would imagine they have less lower injury rates, but also, I mean, you're cranking on joints pretty hard. So who knows? You could have some, some issues there. But I knocked them off the list just because you're probably going to get injured. And so I don't know how healthy you would consider that or how, how much longevity there is there. But functionality speaking, I would argue that fighting is maybe the most functional thing. Yeah, I think it's more functional than our than big five. And then I think it's more functional than water sport. Yeah, I would say like as a human being, the most functional things you could do are probably run and then maybe fight. Like, I don't know. Those sound like the top two functionality things. Yeah. Something with your head too. You got to be able to problem solve, but that's a different story. Well, yeah, that's a different story. Well, there's boxing chess. That might be up there. <laughs> um, yeah. So I wanted to talk about the combat sports because I, I do think that they matter a lot. So I don't know how to fight at all. I'm going to be a flight the or flight that's like my my plan for combat i think that's like 80 percent of it though if you listen to any of the guys who know how to fight really well they always tell you to opt for not fighting if you can right yeah you definitely won't lose a fight if you run away <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I feel kevin hart's comedy in that one he's always talking about how he's like a baby yeah yep let's get out of there he's got the right idea yeah I mean, it's fine. I think the most badass thing you can do is be the best fighter in the world, but also be the best de-escalator at the same time. Mm. Because it's like either way you win. You either like, you either de-escalate the situation by being a better, basically like a leader or yeah. speaker, or you can just destroy anybody if worse comes to worse. <laughs> yeah, here carrying firearms really helps you de-escalate situations. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. What does it mean by de-escalate? <laughs> well, it's a rapid de-escalation, but there are definitely, there are, there is research to show that if you carry a weapon, you're more likely to shoot and be shot. A hundred percent. That's, or, yeah, that's a whole nother discussion, but most people who own weapons shouldn't. Would you call like um, different types of shooting a sport? Because that is massive coordination. Yeah. It's interesting. I think about this all the time. Like, what is a sport and what makes an athlete? And it's hard to say, right? Like, it's really hard to draw that line. I think a sport is anything that you compete in. Yeah, I think that – so I've thought about this a lot, and I don't have a good definition, but there's activity or hobbies, then there's exercise – and then there's competition. 
So mm -hmm. I think for activity, exercise, activity and exercise are different. So I think you have to be able to quantify something to call it exercise. Yeah. It is a purpose. You ha you're going to exercise to do a specific thing for a specific time and then you get out. You didn't so, just go like to the big mall and walk around a lot. Right. Like so that's, that's a hobby. That's an activity. And those are good for you too, but write it down, track it, keep track of how things are changing. So you're, I pulled up a list of the 10 most popular sports in the world. So number one, soccer, football. C cool. We got it. Number two, badminton. Wow. Okay. So then we have field hockey, volleyball, basketball, tennis, cricket, and then table tennis, baseball, and golf. Wow. So we already picked one of those, like soccer and basketball, two of them actually being like pretty good. I'd put volleyball. Volleyball is pretty athletic. Wait, did you say basketball on that list? I might have missed it. Yep. It was number one, two, three, four, five. Okay. Just a quick so, side note on that. Um, apparently... So basketball, we think of oftentimes as an American sport, but it is a global sport, specifically in China. It's yeah. unreal how many people watch basketball in China. I heard recently, I just watched this video, Yao Ming, his first game, which was the early, somewhere in the early 2000s when he was drafted, his first game, somewhere in the realm of three to 400 million Chinese people tuned in to view that. That's more than the entire U.S. population. Okay, so our next business venture involves <laughs> Chinese basketball. Which is why there's controversy right now with the NBA not denouncing China and all that because they yeah. don't want to because they make up their largest market. So I saw a picture recently with Yao Ming. So it was Yao Ming and Shaq. And Yao Ming was a solid head above Shaq. And yeah. Shaq is a solid head above pretty much Everybody. everyone else. <laughs> yeah. It's outrageous. But that person, okay, so Yao Ming and Shaq, they are way too big people. Like that's, it's hard to sustain a healthy frame when you're a giant. Yeah, it's gotta be. It's gotta be. So there's other research with like calorie restriction. Michael Phelps, eats like when he was competing he was like above 10,000 calories per day which is insane yeah well half of it's thermo like thermodynamics you're sitting in 50 degree water alone just to replenish that heat so you have the top 10 most popular sports and then i pulled up the list of the highest paid athletes and soccer and basketball were actually like the most common ones that came up i would think but who do you think is the highest paid athlete right now who do I think is the highest paid athlete right now? Um, that's a good question because I... And this might be a dated list. It might be, but like it's not, not really going to matter because my yeah. knowledge of athletes is like only the mega stars that you really know. So give me uh, a, a sport and I'll tell you if you're right or wrong. I'm just going to give you an athlete. I'm going to say... I'm, I hope I'm not mixing these two up. I'm going to say... Damn, I don't even know if he still plays the sport anymore. I was going to say Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo. He is number two. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. So Messi is number three. So you have soccer, soccer, soccer. Three, three, three. One, two, three. Now, um, number, Wait, one, number one. Number one is Roger Federer. Okay. He's the tennis player. Yeah. So out of all the tennis players I know, that's it. 
Yeah. I mean, maybe I I could probably pull up a couple other guys if I had to. He's the only guy I know. I could obviously say the the Williams sisters, but yeah. So I would say tennis is a fantastic sport for health. It seems like it, right? Yeah. So again, the injuries are similar to basketball because of the change yeah. of direction and the tight course of play. I imagine there's more shoulder stuff, maybe like with uh, similar to baseball. That's the same thing with swimming. So out of the, the big ones and the highest paid ones, I'm, I think I'm going to stick to my guns here. And like, if we had to pick one of the top five, I think basketball, I'm going to put basketball above soccer. As far as health? Yep. Hmm. It's hard for me to say on that one. I do know a decent amount of adults who play basketball or don't play anymore because they played as adults and tore their ACL and snapped their Achilles. Yeah, exactly. And that seems, I also know a decent amount of adults who for whatever reason think it's a good idea to still play in competitive leagues and they play soccer uh, and mess up their hamstrings all the time. But yeah, I'd rather mess up my hamstring than my Achilles. Yeah, I'm going to go with hamstring on that one. But I guess if you continuously play basketball, it's not going to be like one day you snap your Achilles because that happens when you exercise and don't, exercise and don't, exercise and don't. I don't know. I, I remember, I believe it was Kobe Bryant had like a uh, an Achilles. He like tore his Achilles in a game doing something. It's hard for me to believe that he like stopped exercising at some point. That's true. Which I maybe did, but I doubt it. <laughs> it's Kobe Bryant. Well, actually, Shaq, I saw Shaq, was it Shaq and LeBron together? And Shaq basically said, like, I didn't, as soon as the season ended, I didn't do a damn thing. And then when we came back, I let you do all the hard work, and I was just the big man. I believe, I believe Shaq saying that. Yeah, he put all the pressure on his teammates when he was in the, on the Lakers. But he was the big man. He, and he's a legend. First of all, he's probably my favorite basketball personality of all time. But he's also, I mean, he is one of the greatest players, like one of the most dominant players to ever play it because he was unstoppable. So he's an interesting character because he was in that show Shaq Versus. Yeah. <laughs> and he did pretty well in all of the episode, like all 10 episodes that they shot and put out. Dude, he's he's one of the goats as far as just like pure entertainer goes, because he's got it all. He's got the athletic abilities, he's got the accolades, he's got the personality. He's he's good. So, are we saying basketball or are we saying soccer? I would lean. I mean, I'm not. I know more about basketball than I do soccer, but I would lean towards soccer just because. A, you're on a, a softer surface, and that would probably help your joints a bit. And, I mean, I know they do all those dives where they, like, kick each other and stuff, so I don't know about that. But, slide tackling. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's called, slide tackling. But I don't know. I feel like that's maybe a little more, like we said about the Achilles, there's less instances of that. So maybe that's a little more sustainable. I feel like it's a tie right now. It's really close, yeah. So is it? are we going to say basketball or, and soccer as one item or water sport like swimming or rowing? What's going to make you a better all-around human being? Uh, 
all around human being, it's got to be a land sport between all those ones. All right. So we can push out the non-impact because I feel like impact is good for bone density and that's an important characteristic. So exactly. Weightlifting sports, you got powerlifting, you have Olympic weightlifting and not powerlifting. <laughs> not, well, that was an easy one to cross off the list. What do you mean? It, I guess it depends on how, how you power lift considering what? there's so many different, like, uh, like competitive, um, what are they called? I don't know if they call them leagues or federations or whatever. But if you're doing like the double ply untested, like powerlifting federation, that's just hands down not healthy. <laughs> so raw, natty, and lowest weight class, are we calling that healthy? Maybe. Yeah, it's probably healthier for sure. Uh, Being an open weight class... Like in I just think sport. about some of those guys going with, like, they're, if you look at them, if you know anything about, like, performance, they've figured out ways to move the best, the most amount of weight, but it's not necessarily conducive to health. Like, they, they some of them take terrible beatings over, their, yeah. over the course of their sport if they're in it for 10 years or whatever, and their joints are just destroyed by the end of it. So... You've seen an Achilles tear, uh, ACL tear in soccer and basketball, but I've seen a double ACL tear in powerlifting. Wow. Okay. Well, you've seen that Mark Bell video yeah. and among other people. Yeah. But if you tear both of them at the same time, you've like basically been hit by a bus. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's probably similar forces going on there. Yeah, we, we talk about it in sports medicine, like nobody tears both of their ACLs in sports at the same time. It just, it doesn't make sense. You like can't do it, but in powerlifting, it has been done. <laughs> bravo, bravo powerlifting. It's, it's impressive. But I think if you do powerlifting, like if, even if you just stick with squat, bench, deadlift, that's it. I think if you do those things, um, not necessarily at the to compete but if you did those just as a training program and you were more concerned with like range of motion and maybe proper mechanics not just trying to maximize your leverage but like functional mechanics then they're probably amazing i think honestly but as soon as you start trying to arch your back more to get you know, on the bench or you start going super wide with your feet on the squat or you're maybe not going to depth or whatever, that's when you just increase risk of injury a lot. Well, that's why I like Olympic lifting as one of these options as well. But both of those sports miss the critical cardiovascular health. They do. Completely. I was going to say not completely though. Cause I think a lot of those training sessions, like it's obviously not comparable to going and running for 20 minutes maybe, but a lot of those training sessions that, you know, your heart rate will get up and you'll be breathing pretty heavy during some of your sets. And so I think that matters and preferably like from, for me, I would rather be, you know, who Lu Zhaojun is. Oh, Oh yeah. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right. I've, something like that but he's one of the greatest chinese lifters like of all time one of the greatest lifters of all time and 
he's in a lower weight class. He probably, if I had to guess, he probably weighs somewhere around 170 pounds, 180 pounds. Uh, Most competitive weight class in weightlifting. I believe it. But if you had to ask me, do I want to be more like him and take my chances on longevity and health on him or be like one of the top marathon runners of all time? Oh, that's an easy one. For me, it is. I would choose him, the weightlifter. I mean, he's also incredibly attractive with a body like that. And I've never looked at a marathon runner and thought, oh, I can't wait to be that lean or that thin. Yeah, that's 80% of my reasoning is because he's super attractive. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> a well-defined human being. But, but I mean, again, this is, this may be a little, little less science-based, but if, I, if I'm picking between those two, I'm going with him all day as far as, like, who I'd – want to be more like to increase my chances of being healthier and functional the longest. So that's where I would go. Yeah. I wouldn't say they missed the cardio component completely. They miss it a little obviously, but strength is also an extremely important factor for long-term health. So, so we have to talk about CrossFit at least a little bit. We do at least a little bit. Um, yeah. So, so with CrossFit, you get a little bit of everything, but I think there are elements in CrossFit that are excessive. I agree a hundred percent. I, I, first of all, anytime you talk CrossFit, it's not the same as talking about some of these other sports, which have been around for a long time and they're much more clearly defined as to how they operate. There's going to be differences between how people train for basketball and football, but it's a lot more consistent across the board. I'd say CrossFit not necessarily the case. Uh, there's a lot more different ways of training. Like every gym you go to, there's going to be a different thing. Yeah, uh, I, I think randomness is dangerous. So to be a true CrossFitter, to have constant variance is foolhardy. I think you're going to get very, hurt. It could be very dangerous to jump into something that you haven't uh, done in a long time. For example, my own experience, just jumping into 10 by 100 meter sprint repeats Oh God, that probably hurt a lot. Having not sprinted in probably years and pulled my hamstring on that. Uh, What number was it? Number six. Number six. And it was, I heard the sound. I've never heard that before. It was crazy. I thought, I thought something was really wrong, but it was just pretty wrong. You know, just like, <laughs> yeah, you have a couple hamstrings. It's fine. You have yeah, a couple yeah. muscles. But yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Randomness is a little much, I think. But then on the flip side of that, like repeating, you know, thinking that they're being random by doing different types of squatting and doing it every day. Uh, yeah, that'll beat up your knees and your hips for sure. Yeah, and I think to do traditional crossfit means everyone does everything so everybody's doing a variation of a snatch everyone's doing a variation of an overhead squat so like the the foundational the nine foundational crossfit moves or whatever i think that's a gross understatement of the the variance in movement because it's all centered around the barbell yeah or yeah centered around weightlifting period but their definition of fitness is cool but that means everyone else could follow along so i have seen People who are good at CrossFit and they're terrible at sports. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Or horrendous. Like the softball throw in the games the one year, people couldn't even like throw it forward and stay within bounds. 
Yeah, that's that piece of like we were kind of hinting on earlier with football and basketball and how that kind of embodies what we think of as athleticism, which is really a combination of like coordination and agility and explosiveness. And CrossFit doesn't have a whole lot of that. Like coordination only for very specific barbell oriented movements or like gymnastic movements but that's not the same type of coordination as you see in those other sports so and like agility there's not a whole lot of change of direction they try to implement it with uh some of those events at the games where they have to do like the cone runs and whatnot yeah but beyond that event at the game that of like that movement takes up like 0.0001% of all the CrossFit training. Oh, probably not even. You know what I mean? So yeah, definitely not super athletic in that, in those sense. But I do think done right, it is very healthy as yeah. far as longevity and functionality are concerned. No one's trying to attack you. <laughs> well, it depends on how competitive your gym is. <laughs> I mean, no one's ever mid clean and jerk, like swiped your legs. Well, like slide tackled you while you're doing a wall ball. Yeah, that's true. Yet. But, but you do have the freedom to make it as functional as you want. You know what I mean? Like whatever is relevant to your life and how you need to operate, it can all come from a variant of a CrossFit program. Yeah. And maybe you don't need to do squat snatches because it makes no sense for you and the condition of your shoulder and your hip or whatever. Right. But you can do something else, you know? Yeah. It's, it's tough. Cause I think you could probably like distill CrossFit down a little bit and use less movements and be as equally effective for the population. Cause what, when you say that, what are like one or two, whatever things that you would take out right away i love snatching but i think if any functional thing why would you pull it from the ground to overhead when you could pull it up to your shoulders stop and then put it overhead like the overhead squat exists for an extreme test so like you take the overhead squat and a snatch i think you could skip that and never worry and notice a different functionality in your life it's my favorite movement ever to do it's so much like flexibility and strength and dynamic movement and speed and power. And like, if I had to only do one exercise forever, I would do a snatch because that's fun for me, but it's not functional or it's, it's not as required for the entire. It's every. not applicable. Maybe yeah, it applicable, doesn't, make that's a better word. doesn't make practical sense in real life scenarios for sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't snatch my dishes to the top shelf. No. <laughs> but I do pick them up to my shoulder and press them. You know, I don't just like keep whipping them back up. So like I get rid of that. And I think everyone on the entire planet should be able to do one pull up. I think, I think that's, that's a great metric. Like health, that should be one of the pieces of like a total health characteristic. Cause that means if you you're light enough to do a pull up or you're strong enough to do a pull up, yeah. both are good. Both are good. I would say I agree with you. Like we just said about the snatch, not being really practical, but it is a great like screening tool. Like you, Oh, mentioned. no doubt about it. And I would, I would say that a screening tool like the FMS doesn't make for good exercise. No, it doesn't. 
but like, like the FMS, there's a test that I have never been able to get a like or seen anyone do a three out of three. Is it's it the, the one? Yeah. The same arm and leg. You're in a quadruped yeah. stance. Yeah, you yeah. lift your right arm and your right leg. You just fall over. It's impossible. Yeah. Unless you have hips that are like this big. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Listen, I want someone to show me that it can be done. The one thing I would take out, and I don't, I, I actually like this movement. I don't love it, but I don't mind it either. Uh, but I would take it out is the butterfly pull up. That's the one I would take out. Yep. It is not, I feel you. I feel you on that one. Which of those athletes has the longest career? You could do any of those things long term, but probably, I, I don't know. I don't want to be biased here, but I was going to say CrossFit. Yeah. Yeah. If you, we're, de we're definitely biased. Super biased, but I feel like it's either that or one of the water sports, I would think. Because if you, yep. as you said, act your age with both of those things, not only are you not going to get hurt, but you're also going to have an incredible like workout as well. Yeah, I think rowing and swimming would just get too boring because there's only one thing that happens. You could argue like, oh, okay, you do butterfly breaststroke, but you go from one end of the pool to the other and back. Dude, some people love it, man. I don't know. I get it. And uh, I'm good at swimming from the middle of the pool to the side, and that's fine. That's enough for me. Yeah. Yeah. So probably CrossFit. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that I could probably get into basketball. You'd convince me. Oh, I love it. I love the basketball idea, but I think – I think you have to, like you said, act your age. And then as soon as you do that, you start to lose the value of the whole exercise thing once you get old enough. Well, whereas, whereas with CrossFit, you could still act your age and get an incredibly intense workout. But healthiest sport, I think we've nailed it. It's one of those. Done. <laughs> Done. Work-life balance. Topic number two here, work-life balance. All right. So work-life balance, this is an interesting topic just in general, because most people uh, aren't professional athletes. They can't just dedicate their entire life to health and fitness. So we got to work. We got to figure out how to make it all balance. Before I was asking you about which perspective you want to go about it from, do we want to talk about work-life balance overall or work-life balance as it pertains to health and fitness? I think we can maybe touch on both. I don't think it's too crazy. So where shall we start? I think work-life balance is a myth. Okay, this is a different, this is an interesting topic that I didn't think of, but I like it. So I think what you're getting at is the idea of balance is not necessarily, it doesn't have to mean 50-50. Yep. It can yep. mean 70-30, it can mean 80-20, 90-10, whatever. I think that's a pretty important thing. So what do you think on that? So with any, if you want to be the best, you have to give up a lot of stuff. You have to sacrifice, yeah. right? So if you want to be good, at least in phases, I think you need to, whatever good is for anything, you have to pick something and focus on it more than everything else in your life. So that could mean one day I want to focus on uh, improving my body composition. So that means 
my marriage and my work, I'm going to pay a little less attention to because I know at the end of the day, it'll make me better at those two other things. Yeah. So just like you would periodize training in any athletic event, you should periodize your work-life balance so that you can focus more deeply on individual topics. I agree. You can't ever go zero, like a hundred and zero. Nothing could ever hit zero because then you're making too many sacrifices and that could be good for one thing, but not good for you as a human being. Yeah, I think, I mean, you can hit zero sometimes if you want, take a week off from something, you know? Sure. But I mean, I guess, I guess I'm thinking longer term, but I don't think you should ever hit zero a week off of exercise. You still need to walk around. Fair, fair. A enough. week of laying in bed. That's probably a bad idea. Fair enough. I agree that, like I was saying before, when we talk about balance, you have to, I, you have to address what that even means because it doesn't have to be 50, 50. It can be whatever that percentage is. And if you, if we're talking just about health for a moment or like an exercise program, mm -hmm. you need to fit it into your life somehow. Some people might hate exercise, but they just know they have to do it to be healthy. And so they just basically want to do the bare minimum that is acceptable. And so that might look like a 95, everything else and 5% yep. exercise. Some people might not only enjoy exercise, but it's maybe part of their sport or it's just like a, like a, almost a meditative thing, like or part of their job or part of their job or a social thing or whatever. And so maybe their ideal balance, if they're doing 95, five, they feel like something's wrong mm -hmm. and they need to do more like 75, 25 or whatever it might be. Or if it's their job, like you said, it might be like 50, 50, you know? So, so yeah, identifying what the balance is for each topic in your life, each area of your life that makes you feel like you are progressing the way you want to progress and getting like the fulfillment or the purpose out of whatever that is, whether it's a job or a relationship or an exercise program, you got to figure out what that balance is for you. Yeah. So Ty, I'm, I want you to imagine you I'm are, imagining. you're polyamorous. <laughs> oh God. I'm not, but let's keep going. We're imagining you have, you have three wives. Wait, whoa, whoa. I don't like this already. This is a little uh, homophobic. All right. You have three husbands. I don't like that either. Let's say two wives and one husband. Why only one husband? All right, fine. You have four, four <laughs> significant others. You have two husbands and two wives. Right. So if you only spend, so you take a day, divide it into four, that's six hours two of those hours for each one is going to be sleeping. So if you give each one of them four hours of your time, none of them are going to be happy. Right. Because you're like, Oh, trying to stay in the moment, trying to switch between husband, a wife, a husband, B wife, B. So what I think the best way to go is just to say, if none of them are going to be happy, for three quarters of the time, fuck the three. Leave them alone. They get one you gotta, hour. You gotta choose your words more carefully when you're talking about polyamory. You heard what I said. <laughs> one hour, fuck them. And then the rest of your quality time is with person A. And then every week or every day, 
another person gets the majority of your attention. Yeah. So you call it a week, you call it a quarter, a month, a year. I think that all of them will be happier. All everyone, including you, you'll be happier in the long run. If you can really dive deep into something, because I think that's so important. Just yeah. actually getting a full perspective on what is capable in an area. And then you can back off and spread it out. But I don't think a 30-30-30 or a 25% split times four, I don't think that works at all. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I don't want to go too far down the polyamory uh, <laughs> metaphor just because I feel like that's a whole nother discussion. So let's call it like you have your physicality, you have your uh, mental health and well-being, you have your social requirements, and then I would say monetary would be like a fourth category. Okay. Because that kind of like, as we have to work to be realistic, unless you win the lottery, it's just something you have to do. So you either enjoy it or you don't, it has to be done. It has to be done. Yep. So I think when you're younger, you should prioritize the things that are not health related. As okay. you age, you should switch over to focus more on health and well-being. I mean, your mental health is important because it's going to make you better at everything. If you're stable, happy, like you are generally a positive, in a positive state of mind. So you sacrifice. Um, so then in, in when you're 40, 50, 60, 100, you shouldn't be worrying so much about money because you're running out of time. Right, right. Totally makes sense there. So I was just looking over my notes here and some of the things I wrote down were a, when it talk, when it comes to work life balance, whatever it is that you're trying to focus on or prioritize on, I think it's one concept here is discipline over motivation because mm -hmm. motivation fades. Discipline can last. Yeah. So I, like I think you, you have to really just, you have to suck it up. Once you decide how you're going to split your time, you kind of have to like, like you're saying, be diligent with it. And if it's a new thing that you're trying to learn, you go deep on it for a short period of time until you understand enough and then decide whether to go in or out, but you need that discipline. Um, but as far as like physicality goes, health and wellness goes, I think one of the biggest things you can do to improve your work-life balance, arguably for your overall health, could be your nutrition. Oh, no doubt about it. Because you have to eat anyways. So as long as you're making good choices there, you don't have to necessarily add time in your day, right? Because you're going to eat either way. So if you get that under control, you can make a lot of progress and a lot of maintenance in your health without having to put an extra hour in to go to the gym or something like that. So if something's going to fall off on the, on the physical exercise component, you can make up or at least maintain part of it with the nutrition piece. So I think yeah. that's huge. So, so I guess if you're thinking about habits, so you should dive into nutrition as early as you can. So that way you don't need as much of that day if you have 100% because now you've developed good habits. Yes. So you can commit less brain power, like Steve Jobs wearing the same outfit every single day. Or willpower for that matter. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you just know what you have to do and you just execute it. And then you don't, your balance doesn't have to go into nutrition anymore. You can kind of go to that 1%. Yeah, that would, I think that's huge because you can get away if your nutrition, if your diet's on point, yep. 
and it's a habit that you've grown with that's not really requiring you to exert much willpower, then you can miss a lot of formal exercise or training. You can put it on hold if you need to for right. a couple months and be okay. You know, maybe you just go for like a walk once a day or you do like a jog or you don't need to do anything extensive if you have that nutrition under, uh, you know, under wraps. Yeah, we, uh, I guess I would call that a cornerstone habit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, I would say it's more important than exercise. I, th I think it is definitely. I think it's the best thing you can do for yourself. And like I said, you're going to eat anyways. So just do it right. And you'll save yourself a lot of time there. So you can have a good work, more time to allocate to those other things in your balance there. So you can look at it two ways. In my opinion, you can look at it as percent of focus, or you can look at it as percent of time. I think they both matter though. Yeah, for sure. So I think that if you are going to give something a percentage of time, I think intensity of focus matters more. If you're going, so you're saying you think the intensity of the focus is more important than the amount of time spent on something. Mm -hmm. So you have four wives, or I'm sorry, you go, you two husbands and your two wives. If you hang out with them, are you going to, if you're on your phone for that whole time, is it even time spent with them? No, but if it's a super intense five minutes, are they still okay with that? I don't know. I think it, there's a give and take, I yes, think, there. For sure. But, but uh, I would say if your work-life balance is suffering, one of the first things you should do is take your phone and, like, put it away. Yes, 100%. I think to your point, what you're saying is – I get what you're saying. So I'm going to call it the energy that you put into something, the focus mm -hmm. or whatever I'm going to call it the energy. If that is non-existent or too low, then the time doesn't matter. It mm -hmm. could be all the time in the world. If the energy is just not there, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And I think you have a limited amount of that. You have 100%. You have a limited amount of it. I've, I feel it every day with whether it's a social setting or just like, all the stuff I'm trying to take on in life. There's just so much bandwidth that you have for anything. So the more you're spending in one area, the less you can spend in another area. Even yeah, if you so, have enough time, you just don't have enough energy sometimes. So how do you handle it on a daily or weekly basis, right? So you're in a relationship, you have a physicality practice, you pay attention to what you eat and you have a job. So what, how do you do it? I think it comes back to, well, I've been doing a lot of these things for a long time. So like the CrossFit component, so the exercise and the nutrition, even though my nutrition is constant work in progress, it's still, both of those things are things that I've been doing for almost 10 years. And so it's like, it takes less energy for me to do, to do that. Those habits are so ingrained, you know, it doesn't take a ton of willpower for me to do it. Yeah. It takes some definitely some days are, are rougher than others, but the discipline is there. So like the motivation doesn't have to be on the flip side of that. Also, I get a ton of positive, like positive energy. And, and it's like a meditation for me to go to the gym. It's a stress relief. So if I'm feeling super stressed, even if I feel like I don't have time in the day, 
if I go to the gym, it like almost rejuvenates me just because I personally love it. Mm-hmm. So like, so maybe that makes it easier for me than it does for other people because I love it. So, so that's part of it right there. And then I think with everything else, it's a matter of discipline. I do think that's what it is like. And, and not judging yourself too much either. Yeah. Yeah. When you do fall out of balance, right? Like it happens. Let's move on and let's recognize it and maybe fix it for the future. You know? Yeah. And something that I struggle with is trying to pick one of those things because I like doing everything. I like mental health work. I like diving deep into my relationships with my friends and my significant other. I like exercising a lot. And then I like my job. I'm one of those people that I'm very fortunate to have a career that I'm interested in. So I want to succeed in all of them. So, I mean, the goal is always work less, spend more time on your relationships, but it takes time to do that. So I, I guess when I first started at my job, you know, you sit down and you have that conversation with yourself and with the people around you like, Hey, for the next couple months, I'm diving into work and it's not going to probably be the best thing for you and me. It's going to be a short term thing. And then we'll reassess at the end of the quarter. So I think those types of conversations, even if it's with you and yourself are extremely important to have. Yes. And it's similar to a conversation we had just about this podcast in general, but the concept of reassessing, like just instead of making like the, the first goal you set is the one and only goal, you know, like let's reassess in a reasonable amount of time and see where you're at. Like you just said. So if you're spending, maybe your goal for the quarter is like, you've been really unhealthy for the past 10 years and now you really need to go hard in order to get your exercise and your diet in order. And so it's going to take away from some of those other aspects of your life, but that doesn't mean that that's how it always has to be. Yep. And if you reassess and you're not hitting or changing your goals, it's important to see that and not like regret your effort, but you realize that you have to attack it differently. Yep. Or if after those three months is over, you just go right back to where you were. That's not effective either. Even if you did hit your results, like a fast diet or like, you know, you lose 30 pounds in 30 days. And then in 30 more days, you like are up five from where you started. Right. That's where another point that I wrote down here in my notes was as far as pertaining to health and fitness. So we said nutrition being like a fundamental thing you can do. Yeah. But then also just maybe even a step back from that would be just making your lifestyle more conducive to like a healthy lifestyle. You know, if, if your lifestyle is centered around, and I'm not saying this is wrong, but if you're, if it's centered around eating junk food and playing video games and like that's kind of how you identify yourself it's going to be really hard for you to find a balance that maintains that health long term if you don't try and fundamentally change some things in your life you know yeah so i think making the overall lifestyle just more conducive finding things that you like that can check off like the relationship piece and the health piece together like maybe you really like going on hikes together yeah check off two things right there, you know? Yep. So and that they, limits that bandwidth usage to be more effective. Yeah, more efficient with how you're using it. Exactly. So I don't know, just trying to figure out ways where you can make your lifestyle healthier overall that still satisfy those things that you enjoy. So yeah, 
I like thinking that sacrificing some things today will affect me better later because I, I like, I like hustling a little bit. So it's good to think that it's short term, but you have to realize that it can be too much for too long. And that's true with exercise and that's true with nutrition. And it's true with like, if I meditated for like six hours a day, maybe my, my headspace would be great, but I have to use it. Yeah, I agree. So that's a good point. So yeah, I think there's a couple of things that we took out of this work-life balance thing was a, what does that balance even mean? Is it 50, 50? Is it 60, 40? What is it? Figure it out. It's going to be different for all the different aspects of your life we said that it's important to dive in on certain things for brief periods and then reassess as you go. Yep. And then I also think we said, if you can find ways to be more efficient, finding things that check off multiple boxes. Is there anything that you feel drastically hurts your work-life balance? Work. Damn it. It's a two word thing. Work life balance. Work is four letters. Life is four letters. It's perfect. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about this fight. So we got Thor versus Eddie Hall. Thor. Next September, I believe. September 2021. The contract has been signed. Yeah. It was signed like pretty quickly, if I recall. So, like, as soon as they announced it, or as soon as one of them like challenged the other, whatever it was, they signed it within a couple of days, I'm pretty sure. Now, have you, all right, first of all, who are you rooting for? Who do you want to win? Who do you think is going to win? Okay, so let's preface this, but I don't know a damn thing about combat sports. Yeah. But Half Thor is way taller. Way and taller. if they're boxing, his reach is probably way longer and i'm pretty sure that gives you a big advantage as well as being wait wait, wait i have the data here he's basically a hundred pounds heavier what do you have his weight at right now uh so 25 stone 11 pounds for eddie hall and then 30 stone five pounds i don't know why it's in stone hmm i don't know what a stone is what is a stone uh, it's like, a, 20 pounds? like a big it's a rock that's smaller i'm pretty sure last right. time i checked um no i have a uh, eddie hall at 362 and um half the at 425 okay now i agree with pretty much everything you just said there but just today or maybe it was yesterday i believe it was yesterday half thor posted a photo on instagram and he's down about 80 pounds. He lost 80 pounds. Okay. Listen, he lost 80 pounds and now he weighs 375. So he was 455 with abs. He had abs. So at 455, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. He, you could see his abs, but that's what I was just about to get to was now at 375. The picture that he posted of himself, dude, like, he looks so good at 375 pounds. Like before, when, you, when he was 455, you're like, oh, he has abs. But you're kind of being a little generous. Like there's a lot of fat on those abs. Now it's like they're ab abs. Like they're ab abs. <laughs> so, so if I'm sitting on your shoulders 
we're still lighter and shorter than half thor yeah shorter probably (laughs) i think we are shorter probably i don't know he's like six nine or something yeah so like my torso to my head nah we got him on height are you sure all right that's like four feet like my hips to my head yeah we got him on height three even if it's three feet that would put us at eight feet yeah we got him on height but we don't weigh as much so let's throw on a trench coat and let's take him on you're you're on top <laughs> in the head. Damn it, we're not doing MMA. That means it's all me. <laughs> I think he wouldn't have to hit me. I'm already scared. So I want Eddie Hall to win for multiple reasons. One, I just always like the underdog. And I think always? he's I generally do. And I think he is the underdog in this situation because he is smaller. Uh and I just like his personality better. I just think he's a funny guy. And so I would love to see him win. But I don't know, man. Thor now, especially at that nimble 375, light as a feather. Nimble, nimble. That, yeah, dude, I don't know, man. I thought Thor was going to win before just based on size, but now he's still bigger and probably going to have much better cardio than he otherwise would have. So, Do you like Brian Shaw? Yeah, I do like Brian Shaw. So who would you pick if it was Brian Shaw versus Eddie Hall? I would pick Eddie Hall in a fight. Yeah. Yeah, I would pick Eddie Hall. Brian Shaw just seems like a lumbering guy. Like, he, I think if Eddie could just move around him, he could take him out. There's there's a five-inch difference, right? He's 6'9". Oh, 6'9", six, 6'3". Six, That's what I have. It was kind of hard comparing their records because they do a lot of different things for both being in a similar profession. So it's like 500 kilo deadlift with straps and a suit on the rogue elephant bar. And then the other person did like 465 or I had Hall with a 500 kilo deadlift, which is yes. more than Thor. No, no. Thor just beat that like a couple months ago. So this he is got 501, right? Yeah. This is why they're fighting is because is because of that because thor eddie got the 500 first person ever to do 500 several years ago and it was absolutely absurd and if you look at a picture of him at that point he he looks like a hippo or something like it's kind of and then you look at him now like he lost significant weight uh but that was a couple years ago and then thor tried to break it i think a couple times or at least one other time and didn't quite get it but then during quarantine they flew people to his garage gym and they filmed it like live on ESPN, I believe where he broke the record. And Eddie was like, ah, it's not legit because he's not in a competition. And so he gets to take his time and do like, he doesn't have to worry about the clock or anything. Right. That's a great point. It's a great point. He can do whatever he wants to warm up and take his time whenever he's ready. He goes. So there was like a little bit of, it didn't seem like it was a, from my perspective, it didn't seem like it was super serious, but it was like kind of like busting each other's balls, but also kind of really like, I hope you don't beat my record kind of thing. It was like busting each other's balls, but also kind of, I mean it. And uh, so that's what like led them to fight. I forget which one challenged the other one, but like that was kind of like part of it was because Thor ultimately did deadlift it and he did 501. Yeah. Right. So he probably could have done, it looked like he could have done more too. It's a legitimate complaint to a record. 
Oh, for sure. But then if you go back further to the world's strongest man, I think 2017, when Eddie Hall won, there it, it was between Eddie and Thor. And Thor got no repped on this one. I think it's called a Viking press. They have like, it's like this, these two bars that are connected to a lever that has like a car on it or something. And mm-hmm. so you overhead press it and you can basically do a push press with it. But when I was watching, I didn't see anything wrong with Thor's rep, but the judge didn't give it to him. And so he literally lost the whole thing by one rep, lost the whole competition, the oh world's most man by one rep and Eddie Hall won. And then Eddie Hall retires from Strongman after that. And so like all the way back then they had like this rivalry and then with the deadlift more recently, just like Thor then beating Eddie's deadlift. So it's kind of like, you know, there's a, there's a good little story to it. Well, this little infographic that I found puts them next to each other. So you have the beast versus Thor, the Mountain. God of thunder and the beast. All right. We could have done better than the beast. He is the beast, but he could have had something cooler. That's his nickname, the Beast. That's what he goes by. So Thor's a little younger, but not much. And he's way bigger, height-wise, weight-wise. But this infographic has net worth on here. And it has Eddie Hall at four squiggly little L. Okay. And it has uh, Thor at 1.6. So Eddie Hall seems to be, like, winning life. That's really surprising to me. are they accounting for the Game of Thrones money that Thor has to have? I mean, so he was not in the first season as the Mountain. So I don't know what he he made for that. He didn't talk very much. He wasn't a forthcoming character. That's interesting to me. Okay. I don't, he was I don't like, know. he was dead for half the show. I didn't see it, so I don't know. I don't but, want to spoil anything for you, but it wasn't that outstanding of, a, of an acting role. He was just, they were like, hey, can you be really big? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> how, was, how, how old is that infographic, though? Uh, that's a good question. I can I pull know. it back up. What was interesting, though, is I found this, um, it was called greatestbodybuilding.com or greatestfigures.com. And they had Eddie Hall, they had a bunch of people. It was a really well-written article. They had two CrossFit athletes. They had Garrett Fisher and Travis Williams, but they didn't have Thor. Nothing about him. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, mean Eddie, so Eddie, when he retired and then lost, like he lost close to a hundred pounds when he retired. I'm so and glad that he did that. He had to, otherwise he would be dead. Uh, but he, um, it was a pretty drastic, like visual change. Right. So I'm not surprised that, that got him attention. But I think Thor's, he just posted it, like I said, yesterday or the day before. So I'm sure he's going to get some attention for that too. Yeah, I was just surprised that they kind of ignored him in this website. They had pictures in black and white from people like a way long time ago. Like Arnold obviously was in there. But it it was interesting that they skipped over it. Like you turn on Fox News and you just don't hear about a certain stuff because they like to think a certain way. Same thing with CNN or whatever. You're like, oh, who's Thor? I don't, know who, yeah. I don't know who that guy is. But they also had uh, calories per day, which I thought was interesting. And they had Eddie Hall at 10,000. And they had Thor at 17,000. Holy shit, dude. 17,000 calories. That's more than my weekly intake. 
Is it? Yeah, I guess it almost is. If you call it 2,000 times seven, right, or whatever, 2,000 times five, I don't need 2,000 calories a day, which, another, which is another problem we should talk about at some point. But yeah, I don't need 18,000, 17,000 calories in a week. I think I about eat 17,000 in a week. If I eat more, it's only a little bit more, but not a lot more. And he eats that in a day. Mm, yeah. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> okay, so like, we, you work hard to maintain a weight, and you have like my 500-pound life, and those people seemingly don't eat that much, in my opinion. Seemingly, yeah. They just eat garbage consistently over time. Yeah, it's the it's the quality of the food does start to play a factor and then yeah. and then their lifestyles also like they some of them like literally just lay in bed all day every day. Yeah. And you can't you can't move. But he's I think this is what I imagine this fight. You ever see that movie uh what was it? Real Steel with Hugh Jackman? It's going to be just like that. Rock'em Sock'em Robots. It's two robots just fighting. It's just incredible to watch a clash between two titans. All right. If either one of them can learn how to punch fast, they can learn how to throw like good strikes and explosively. And if either one of them connects with the other in the face with one of those good, fast, explosive strikes, they might die. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a really good point. So they have a mouth guard in, right? They have gloves. There's some padding. But, like, the only person I can imagine taking a hit from Thor is Thor. Imagine Mike Tyson being 375 pounds, but still Mike Tyson. Just, like, bigger. Just, yeah. just scale, just slide up. scale up, and the ratio is the same. But he if he can maintain that ability, the striking ability. He could punch through a steel beam. Maybe. I have seen these guys bend rebar pretty easily. Oh yeah, that's a joke to them. But like you know in the in the dark night rises when Bane and Batman finally fight in the final scene and Bane punches through a cement like yes. pillar. I think that would actually happen. <laughs> I we've seen smaller people do more amazing feats than that. Like if Thor learned uh, how to do a hook like Mike Tyson and did that to a cement pillar. You could you could be indefinitely fucked up if they if you just mm -hmm. walked into a ring with them like that. Being normal sized people, they could kill you by accident. Yeah. I mean <laughs> if he falls on me, if I knock him out and he just like belly flops on top of my body. You're paralyzed. Yeah. My hips are gonna crack. <laughs> I like to lift a three hundred pound anything, I like warm up pretty thoroughly just to get like maximum leverage we use a barbell it's like built to be lifted the easiest mm -hmm. and i still try really he gets out of bed yeah that's crazy so looking forward to that for sure i want to see the next fight i want both of them to fight george foreman or mike tyson or rocky balboa i don't i don't care who i want to see them fight a heavyweight actual boxer that would be really cool um shack versus <laughs> yeah, that'd, be, that'd be great actually but uh i don't know i'm interested i 
I just want to see how they actually fight, aside from the spectacle of it. I Have you seen them do box jumps? Like, yeah, I've seen Eddie do a couple. But, like, I, not a lot. I haven't watched a ton of it. Does I know it he, look? Puts up, he puts up training videos. Like, he puts up his boxing videos. And I just haven't watched them, so I don't know. But I imagine that if he's putting them up, then he's probably, like, I don't know. He's probably making sure he's doing a decent job, you know? Who's coaching him, do you think? I don't know, but I would imagine he got a legit coach. I mean, they both have to. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's probably going to be like a pretty big pay-per-view fight. It's going to be huge. It might be as big as McGregor. It might be. It very well might be. If it was two Chinese basketball players, it would be 300 to 400 million people tuning in. That's insane. That's insane. If they but, punch and they fist collide, and I wouldn't be surprised if Thunder struck. Yeah, so I would say definitely looking forward to Eddie and Thor throwing down 2021 September. It's going to be, regardless of what happens, it's going to be absolutely insane, I'm sure. I just pray that they both make it there healthy so we can actually see it. They, I think they'll make it there healthy. I think those guys have handled their careers pretty decent. I'm going to look forward to seeing the referee as like a little guy running around the ring. They should oh, get that's where you get Shaq. Shaq will be. Oh, the yes. How amazing <laughs> would that be? He would be the most entertaining part of that fight. That would be so great. Well, thank you for listening to this lovely episode of that podcast. Which will be named. Will be named. So we'll already is named. We're looking forward to the next episode, future listeners. If you like what you heard, you know what to do. Like, subscribe, follow us on the YouTubes, the Facebook. Perfect. Can't wait. Awesome. Thanks, guys.